Before this episode, we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Wajuk Noongar people. We wish to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast. You're joined by your usual hosts, Jess and Sean. Welcome back, everybody, to season four, episode four. Quattro. Is it four? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Four, four, four. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the uh, information overload. Yeah, look, my brain fucking hurt yes we, editing that we have had a lot of people write in with like their experience or saying it was super helpful or what they might have read up on selenium and zinc and all of that mm. and so we just want to say remember like we said earlier we are not naturopaths we are not health professionals in this yep. field we are just providing general advice no dosages or anything like that please mm get into your health professional for, for yeah, that for your um, own discussions but and we respect that there are lots of different um research studies out there and interest in different things yeah. and if you found something that works for you or maybe something that doesn't this is not bible please please bible. this is not bible yeah but we actually love the conversations yeah we love the engagement it's really cool that it gets you guys thinking and you know, reflecting and wanting to share that information. So, yeah, it's super nice. Yeah, and lots of people who have been like, I've been too scared to do it or I'm thinking about coming off my contraception. Like, this has given me some encouragement to do so. Mm. Like, that's what we're here for. Yeah, little planting little seeds. Yes. It almost makes me want to, like, create, like, a chat forum that everyone can, like, talk to well, each we other. Well, we've always said we should change, like, create a Facebook group or something where everyone can chat about yeah. these things. Let us know if you'd like that. Yeah. And we'll we'll try and figure it out if yeah. that's if that's a want or a need. Fabulous. Fabulous. So, anyway, my How love. How you doing, sister? How am I? Um, I'm okay. I'm just on what? the night time, so it I don't hurts really me that you're know. On nights. I don't know what day it is. Every day has blended into one. Yeah. So I'm going I'm okay. I'm on nights again tonight and tomorrow night. And then I'm done for a month. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really know who I am. Mm. Uh, so life has just been plodding along. Yeah. I went shopping with mum yesterday and did some damage because I always do that post nights. I like. Yeah. I said to mum, I lose my filter. Yeah. There's no like, oh, you have no money, Jess. Is it the mag, mag the Magdala, the man? What's it? Medulla. Your medulla. The no, thing that your medulla does all your like um, breathing, blood pressure. Central nervous. There's something in your brain. Hippocampus? I don't know. There's something in your My brain. My frontal lobe is gone. Yeah. But I know there's something in your brain that is where your inhibit inhib inhibition. <sighs> Thank you. Thank um, you. Wow, it's a slow start wow. for Shana's this morning. Um that's where that lives. Yeah, well, and I don't have that on yeah, nights. Yeah, on nights. Because every single time you're on nights, you I buy like, dumb I need a little shit. gift for myself. A little present, little present. Little anyway, gift. I bought lots of little presents. <laughs> and I went yesterday to the shop to find a pair of boots for my awful feet, but boots that were cute so that you didn't know were podiatry mm. approved boots. Mm-hmm. The granny boots. And I found some granny boots and they're cute as hell. So that was my win for the week. Mm. And otherwise, yeah, living the night time and my dog, who you've all heard 
heard about his ear infection. Then he got gastro and then he decided to go for the trifecta, eat a poisonous plant at mum and dad's. Not just one. No, probably like at least six. Like an entire bush worth, Um, like along the fence line. Yes. So he ended up with a face that looked like he'd been stung by a bee, thick gums. He drooled all night. He was coughing, a red tongue and hives all over his body. And we ended up at the vet. Again. Again. Um, but it was a lovely experience because it was a new vet who was so good with Bundy and Bundy loved him. So the vet experience this time was much better. My stress levels and I've at least lost 13 years of my life. Yeah. Again. About my child. Again. dog, man. And now he's just sitting here quite peacefully. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so that has been my week other than working, dancing, Pilating, took mum to Pilates with me yesterday. Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was good. She She enjoyed it. it. Yeah, she did. Good. Um, that's practically it. And I don't see old mate because we're on opposite rosters all the time. So, you know, nothing exciting to report. That's my life. Oh, we had a cute team dinner. We did. That was when we, so this is the second time we're attempting to record yeah we're not attempting we're actually doing it this time but the first time we were both knackered so we're just like let's not do that no so we just decided to cut it call it quits and uh have indian and sit around the fire yeah which was was stunning much more needed than recording yeah it was great the doggos were here having a grand old time yeah and i think it was good that bundy was still feeling a bit sick because um nanak was like thank fuck he's not hectic him yeah yeah they actually tolerated each Well, yeah. Nanook tolerated Bundy. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. This is very true. But it was lovely. Anyway, how's your week been, my love? Quite busy, actually. Um, so, Wednesday, I had my style appointment. You did? I did. So, um, we discussed it previously um, that I got my colours done. So, I am an autumn. And then the second stage of it is uh, kind of all about your style. So, like... It reflects your personality and your like true values on the outside, right? So I went to the appointment and the amazing Kira, she, um, we're gonna, I'm going to try and get her on the podcast to come and like fully talk Stunning. about it because um, she does all these public speaking stuff about um, style archetypes and sustainable fashion and our relationship with clothes and our bodies. And she is just amazing as a person like I love her um but the appointment was five hours I know when you said that I was like so when can we record because that's like your whole day whole day yeah and by the end of it my brain was mush like it was a lot of conversation and a lot of listening and you know deep diving into what is truly me and not just a byproduct of circumstance or societal norms or like learned behaviors so it was actually pretty confronting at times, but long story short, my style archetypes are natural and romantic. You little natural romantic. Na- natural romantic. So natural, the archetype of it, I was like, could totally relate to. It was like relaxed textures, comfy. like comfy, um, you know, flat shoes, stru- like a little bit of structure, but layers, like very natural like nature itself like different colors different you know layers and all that shit I've said layers too much the second type was romantic and I completely refused to believe that it was me right first of all she said in my like body assessment she was like you have curves I was like no I don't she was like uh, I hate to tell you but you do 
you have hips? I was like, no, I don't. I'm just a straight up and down gal. She's like, no, you're not. Um, so found out I have curves, apparently. And boobies. And boobies. So she hugged me when we got there and she accidentally brushed my boobs. She's like, oh, so sorry. Um, but then we, when we got to the um, body assessment, she was like, I know it's inappropriate, but when we when I hugged you and I brushed your boob, you have boobs. Where the fuck are they? Like, why are you, what's, what's happening? I was like, oh, pff, I don't know, jumpers? I don't know, sports bras? I don't know what to tell you. Um, so anyway, the romantic is like very 1940s, like Marilyn Monroe kind of vibe. Cute. So a lot of flowy skirts, big floral prints. Jewelry. Glitter, jewelry, Stunning. accessories, luxury. Love. Bit of cleavage. Love. You know, open chest kind of tops. And um, she was like, that's your little girl inside of you who is the romantic and you are denying her any access. Let her out. Let her out, literally. And uh, the main theme of the appointment was for me to raise the bar. She was like, Sean, raise the bar. She was like, you're not allowed to shop in Kmart for a month. I was like, wow. So yeah, she's like, you need higher quality. You need natural fibers. None of this Kmart, none of this big W bullshit. No. I was like, okay. She's like, raise the bar. I was like, so, yeah. But that. one thing she did say that I have been trying since mm -hmm. uh, I had the appointment. Mm -hmm. Was you know when um, you get compliments from people? I think I've said it before on the podcast, but like women especially, when we compliment each other. So say you were to compliment me and say, Shana, that's a really lovely dress. Or me all the time. I want those earrings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I am want, wearing yeah, your favorite earrings today. <laughs> I want those earrings. So our natural response that we have learned as women and it's not everybody but majority will be oh thank you so much it's old or oh thank you so much I got it from this oh, place really it cheap. was this much money yeah. or whatever and it completely negates the compliment mm. and so it like smacks the person in the face to be like thanks for telling me that but, but fuck you yeah don't tell me that again um, because we're uncomfortable, right? And so one of the key tips that she gave me, which I have been trying to do, is to A, not do that, actually receive the compliment as awkward as it may be, but B, to say something along the lines of, thank you, I tried really hard today. Like to just say, like, you've made effort, thank you for noticing, mm. and that's it. That's all you need to say. You don't need to go into the details of where you got it from, where you got it from and that you've never worn it or that it's been mm. in your wardrobe for 20 years or you've had it since mm. you were 14. Like no one gives a shit. Just say thank you. Appreciate the time that this person has gone out of their way to tell you and enjoy the compliment. And then by you receiving it so well, the person who's given you the compliment also s receives the benefit of giving it. Because like I made that person feel really good. Yeah. I've connected with that person. I'm going to do it again. Stunning. So yeah, it was a great experience. Would recommend. Lovely. Well, we should definitely get her onto yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask her. Um, and oh yes, I'm, I'm glad you've had a, You've had a very fabulous, productive, busy yeah. week, my yeah. girl. Yeah, Love I have. That. Love that. But other than that, yeah, nothing much. All right. Mm. Well, should we skip to the next segment? Oh then? yeah, go on then. Because I know you've got a long, long list. Uh, so many. Dad was like, babe, just letting you know, you have a lot of, lot of them to do this week. I'm like, thank you so I much, I love that. Thank, thank you so much, thank Dad. Thank you, Dad. Okay. All right, because it's time <coughs> for, for the Fun Pad Follow-Up. 
Oh my god. Are we the same person? Ah, I think so. We're molding into the same person. We spend way too much time together. That was actually quite that, nice. That's a song, isn't it? Oh. We spend too much time together. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think you made that one up. So we're no. just going to take okay. our hops, give it a jump straight <laughs> along. Number one, we spoke about um, Sean's IUD and her marina yesterday. Ye- yesterday? Not last week, sorry. <laughs> it feels like fucking yesterday. I told you I've been on nights. Who am I? And Sean told you all that her strings were metal. And I hmm. went away so concerned you were about concerned. her fanny, about Zach. Yeah. About Sean. I just, I was like, metal. That is <laughs> hectic. Anyway, I have learnt and corrected Sean. It is nylon. Nylon. Not metal. But. Might feel like metal. Definitely felt like metal. But That's it's what they not. explain it to you, though. It's got, you've got two metal strings. Well, maybe that's know. what they think as well, as maybe. in they being the doctors. We mm. should tell them. Mm. Anyway, so I'm less concerned about your fanny now. Great. Still concerned, but so, yeah, slightly less. less. So, yeah, great. Um, then I spoke about when I was talking about zinc and magnesium, I spoke about how old mate had these wonder drugs of mm. called ZMA tablets, who he always tries to give me one. And one mm. zinc and magnesium. And I was like, huh, don't know what the A stands for, but. Yeah. Okay, this is stupid. It's for vitamin B6. Where is the A in that? There's no A. There's no A. The li- I got all to B. check this morning. It's B. Should it be Z and B. But anyway, so that's a dumb fun fact follow-up. That is there you dumb. Go. They need to sort their marketing out. Then I also spoke a little bit about NAC last week, which we heard about. And mm-hmm. then um, I was like, and then you said like naloxone. And I was like, nah. Anyway, I they're definitely completely different things. Yeah, stunning. NAC, I give all the time at work that's really good if you um overdose on panadol for your liver anyway naloxone you take if you are again you can give it like you said before if you're on an opioid infusion you have an itch it can be good for that good for different things mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. drugs work very differently not okay. the same not the same different but things it's important to know that both at different doses have been proven to help with endo so oh. Uh, we spoke about NAC last week but mm-hmm. naloxone is another one and we okay. have actually since had a a listener write into us actually yep. this morning about her experience with mm. naloxone. Saw that. So both are great. Do your own research. They're yep. not the same. No. <laughs> um, Good to know. I also spoke about like sel- selenium, mm-hmm. which I've taken a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, is that like psyllium husk? And dad was like, no, babe, it's not psyllium husk. So psyllium husk is the is a fibre mm-hmm. and it actually comes from a plant mm-hmm. um, and that fibre is what I was having as a powder form to try and help with my IBS symptoms. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Whereas selenium's a mineral. So one's a fibre, one's a mineral. And okay. selenium is a mineral we spoke about that you can get from the soils and the foods. We spoke I about see, that last I week. See, so see, different and they're really good for helping your metabolism, immune function, thyroid function, la da la da la do Yeah, so not the fibre, so the not, mineral. No. Got it. Then we spoke about the nut that is not the nut. Yes. Tell us, tell the people. So uh, one of our listeners wrote in and was like, Sean was right. And I was like, I like this message already. Sean was right. There is a nut that's not a nut. And it is, in fact, the peanut. Wild. Which, who knew? Who? I didn't well, know. Well, she did. That, that they knew. Um, but went on to explain that that's why people who have an uh, allergy to peanuts can eat tree nuts because they're not actually it's not a nut they're in a different they're a legume they are a legume so uh yeah the more you know wild and then we spoke about this one which i love 
talked about, I don't know how we got onto talking about asparagus, but we did. And we were talking about the smell of asparagus mm. weed. Mm-hmm. So I did some deep, dirty research. Naturally. And there's an olfactory receptor gene called OR2M7. It's on chromosome one, okay. everybody. Um, there, and only 40% of people can smell asparagus wheat and have that gene. No so way. There you go. We are in that 40%. We're in that 40%. Yeah. But there's like, apparently I read something else. It was like there's 800 different variants that can make you not smell it. And they're doing all these like still gene research. It's hectic. But anyway, As if someone's researching I know, that. But it is. So there you go. I feel go. like there's more things to be worried about. Look, agree. And my last fun fact follow-up was period bathers. We spoke about how oh. the hell do they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my app that I was telling you that I've been tracking my period with that a lot of people out there, most of your listeners I'm sure probably use it, mm-hmm. the Flow app, there was an article on it and it says that the swimsuit combined three different layers of protection, right? Okay, yeah. So the bottom layer is made of a waterproof material to stop the menstrual blood from leaking out. So that's the thing that's in contact with the water, like... Yeah, I guess It's the so. outside layer. The outside. Yeah. The middle layer is designed to lock in and absorb. So that's like the nappy layer. The nappy layer. And then the top layer is made of a material which wicks moisture away from the skin. Oh. So it kind of gets stuck in the middle layer. Mm. And so the top layer also is meant to help fight like bacteria and prevent sure, development of like, odors yeah, and stuff yeah, like okay. that. Yep. But it says it's definitely absorbent mm-hmm. and they're also quick dry. So they're designed to dry quite quickly mm-hmm. after you get out of the water, I guess, to prevent all the moisture and the leakage freakage mm-hmm. that potentially will occur mm-hmm. but then the fine line does say best wear on a light period day and if you do have a heavy period you might get what we we're talking about last week right. so probably wear a menstrual cup or a tampon and wherever you want to do as oh, well i see yeah well good job sister thank you that's my research that's a, well the very tip of the very, research very very tip anyway that's my fun fact follow-up well done, sister. Very proud of you. Thank you so much. You're a much. new woman the last few weeks I with know. your investment in this podcast. I know. It's nice to have a partner rather than a fucking dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Deserved. Yeah, I'll take um, it. So before we get on to this week's topic, we recognize that this topic can be pretty heavy. And this is the time when you've got your fill of the fun fact follow-ups and our general catch-ups and we would like to provide you with a moment to say see you later we'll see you next week because this is going to be heavy so we are going to be talking about miscarriages um, and fertility and so if those topics are a no-go for you then this is the appropriate time for you to disconnect Go and do some self-care and it's all about you because we don't want to cause you any upset. Um, But we are going to be talking about it. We're going to be going into some of the issues, the societal norms and some of the actual science and background to it. Because as we know that it is a very taboo topic even now. Um, So we want to just have a little light onto this as women. Uh, and who people who experience it. So, yeah, we appreciate you. If you're going to say see you later, we love you, and we'll see you next week. We'll say we hope you have a fabulous week. Bye to you now. Um, But, yeah, so we're going to crack on with the episode. We are. So last week I guess we spoke about um, 
our our regulation of our hormones and coming off the pill and how we can optimize our bodies. Yep. But I guess when you talk about that, the reason we're optimizing our bodies, not for someone like Sean, and if you are on the same wavelength as Sean, then this part might not be as relevant to you. Mm. But for someone like myself, it's really all to prepare your body for preparing and growing a new life. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be able to do the best job that you can. And given that I have endo, lots of our listeners have endo, that's kind of known to be a little bit harder for us than yep. other people. So we're very like, we're hyper aware of this from the get-go, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're very, but by the from the time you're diagnosed with endo, you are very aware and heightened in your response to anything fertility related. Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I just felt like a little ticking time bomb. Yeah. So this is may come as a shock to lots of our listeners, but it, you've all been on this journey with us. So I came off the pill in March, which you all know. Um, and then I didn't get a period and I didn't really think anything of it. Um, and like, there were a few, you know, a few of my close friends threw around comments that like, oh, you're pregnant. I was like, definitely not. Mm. Um, didn't even think about that. Didn't really feel any different. I spoke about all the horrible symptoms I was having, but related that to coming off the pill. Mm-hmm. Um, But I was at work one day and one of my closest friends who actually recommended that book that it starts with the egg because she's going through her own journey said, oh, I really think you need to take a pregnancy test at work together. And I said, oh, really? Like that's a bit bizarre, Mm. but sure. Um, So I came home and her little Sarah's little voice was in the back of my head. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I better do that. But I got home. I was in my scrubs. It was like late old mate was on the couch talking to his dad who'd just been rushed to hospital. So Mm. it was a very, not a great time. It was a wild week. It was a big week. His dad is fine and recovering very well now. Mm -hmm. So you can all be rest assured. But at this point, we weren't really sure what was going on with his dad. Um, And so it it was a stressful time. Mm. Anyway, I thought I'm not going to stress him. I was about to have a shower so I could sit on the couch. I was like, I'll just quickly do a test and then have a shower. Why not? Before I have a shower, right? So I've done the test and it was one of those digital tests that uh, come up in weeks, mm. like zero weeks, one week, two weeks, whatever. So not the the line test. Yeah, yeah. So I did it and it was taking a long time to come up and I'm like reading the instructions. Like I'm new to this, right? Mm. And it's like within 30 seconds, it'll flush if it's negative. And I'm like, it has been far more than 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah. And it just flashed and flashed and flashed and flashed. And then all of a sudden it came up and it said two weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh, (laughs) holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. And you can't help but your whole life and the next 10 months just flashes in front of your eyes, right? And I always had this like cute TikTok dream that I Mm. would like, you know, make something really cute, tell your partner really cute. Yeah, I was like a sweaty, been in PPE all day, still in my scrubs, holding this piss stick, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm just walking out of the toilet. I just, I don't know how to process this. <laughs> I so need someone I could, else to help me I with this." I could hear old mate hang up the phone mm. to his dad. So at this point, things were still heightened. We weren't mm. sure what was going on with his yeah. dad, and I just stood in the hallway with the stick, mm. and he looked at me and he was like, "Sorry, what?" And I was like, "What, dad?" Um. Um, and he was like, it's not. I was like, yeah, it is. It is. 
Anyway, we went through the ups and downs of the emotion. We had, you know, a big conversation. This is something we definitely wanted. It happened earlier than we thought, but mm-hmm. we were excited. Old mate was very excited. You know, you naturally start to picture your life. We, I had the flow app, so we knew the exact dates and when the baby would be due, which would have been the 2nd of January. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you think, you know, he was like, oh, we might have a baby by Christmas and all of, all of the things. Yeah. And we got really excited because one of my best friends had also told us, she'd rung us to say that she was pregnant. Yeah. And we just thought, oh my God, we're doing this journey together. Yeah. Um, they don't, a bit like us, that neither of us have siblings with children. So we're yeah. like, oh, cute little cousins for each other. Yeah. And you plan your whole life. So we, you know, we laid awake in bed and we spoke about baby names and we spoke about shit, we need to renovate the kitchen quicker than we thought. And you just kind of... You kind of get thinking. You're on the train. You're on the train. But like my, I don't know. I I think this is obviously a lot of medical trauma now speaking. Mm -hmm. But, and and maybe because it was fresh, but I could not sink into the thought that I actually was pregnant. Yeah. I just, it just felt so weird Mm -hmm. and unnatural. And I felt a little bit like a fraud. I was like, I have been told this is going to be hard my whole life. Yeah. I haven't even had a period yet Mm. since coming off the pill. And now, like, what are people going to think? Are they going to think I'm a fraud? Like I've said, it's going to be hard. Now it's been easy. Yeah. I just, this internal self-hate battle and like the self-sabotage, like, you know, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, we laid awake and we thought, who should we tell? Should we tell anyone? And there's this big thing on, you don't tell anyone to your 12 weeks, your 16 weeks, your 20 weeks. And what I've learned this whole experience is, shit, it makes me mad Mm. because you don't, need the support if things are tracking well of course you do need the support because you might be yeah. tired and feeling sick and you're nervous and you're anxious but god you need the support when it goes pear-shaped oh yeah like Big time. it is the most isolating lonely horrible process to go through yeah. obviously considering the topic of this whole episode you know where this is going yeah. but it was just like do we tell anyone do we not so on the Friday, um, we went and we were like, you know what? I think I, we're going to tell my parents mm-hmm. because, you know, they've been a part of my whole journey, seeing me really sit, go through this. We're going to tell them. Yeah. And we went out, we went to theirs for drinks before um, me and Ome went to dinner with a couple of our friends who we didn't tell, but mm. we told my parents and it was so weird. My dad had told my mom that morning, I think Jess is pregnant. So yeah. like did not come at a shock to dad at all he was yeah. like oh we're waiting for you to get to the called it yeah i yeah. called this i was waiting for you to i'm like come on it's been two hours of talking shit like when are you gonna tell us yeah so dad knew mum was elated hysterical the dog thought she was dying or jumping all over <laughs> her because she was wailing anyway it was a very lovely but kind of a surreal yeah thing and i imagine i did have all these like lower dull cramping pains Mm. and mum made a point of like you can't ignore these anymore this is more than just endo now yeah 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 but for me I'm like it just feels like endo pain and then you know I'd spoken to people I'd read books it's like you know implantation cramping all of that is obviously much more significant and I have learned is much more significant people with endo because there's so much scar tissue and stuff jiggling around fucking get through there yeah yeah so Anyway, that was on the Friday and then um, Saturday was Sharnas's birthday dinner. Yes, yes, yes. The four of us went to dinner mm-hmm. and um, we had said we're just going to tell mum and dad and Sharnazak. Yeah. And so we told Sharn. Mm, yes, you did. And In the middle of a restaurant. In the middle of a restaurant and, and old mate filmed it. <laughs> yeah, old mate filmed it and I cried like a bebe. Yeah. 
And again, I guess Sean's reaction was probably a bit the same as mine. Like Sean was like in disbelief. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. How? And I'm like, I'm, I don't I know. I got nothing for I've you. I got nothing. Yeah. And I was testing every day because I was like in disbelief. And mm. on the Saturday test, uh, I didn't have a digital one. It was one of the strip ones. Mm. And it was originally negative. It just came up with nothing. And I was like, see, yeah. I told you. And then I went to Pilates. I came back and old mate had sent me a photo. It was like beaming positive. It was like, relax. Yeah. Like, it's fine. So that was a Saturday. And then on the Sunday, I was going to work to coordinate um, uh, at, at, for like for a 12-hour shift. And mm-hmm. old mate was going down to see his dad in hospital to work out what the hell had gone on because he got taken into theatre the night before. Yeah. And I got up for my shift and I had started bleeding. Mm-hmm. And old mate was like, no, we've read about this. This is implantation bleeding. It's really common. Yeah. And it is like don't don't get me wrong implantation bleeding is super common mm. so um i was actually listening to this talk by an obstetrician the other day yeah and uh 30% of uh women bleed in this period of time yeah quite significantly to the point where they think they're having a miscarriage but only 10% end up in a miscarriage yeah yeah sure um and it How is confronting i know and yeah. it is called implantation bleeding when when the fetus i guess is implanting but mm. what i have learned is that it's often a lighter shade of red like sure. a watered pinky red not like a um, like a light bleed. period yeah. not a full bleed so yeah. it was just like a bit and i was like uh i'll just monitor it so like Classic. the nurse in me was like i'll just put a pad on we'll monitor what's coming out yep. and we'll just play it by ear i'm off to work because yep. again skewed pain thresholds i'm yeah. like oh it's sore but like ain't nothing like i've done before yeah so i put a tens on i put a hot back on i put my scrubs on put a pad on and i was on my little way yeah for a 12 hour shift for a 12 hour shift coordinating and then old mate went down south and i got to work and you know this is tmi for the um non uterus cervix owners out there but you know when you can feel the blood coming out yeah and i was sitting in handover listening to handover and i was like that's a bit mm. oh yeah that's a bit like just thinking about yeah. it and i looked around and thought oh god and i i clocked eyeballs with one of my really good friends mm. and i was like okay ash is here i just i'm gonna get out of handover i'm gonna pull ash aside mm. and i'm gonna talk to ash mm. anyway I spoke to Ash and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Like, go, go <laughs> yeah. home. Like a sane go person. To, yeah, go to emergency. I was like, nah, she'll be right. Anyway, this was at seven o'clock in the morning. Come 9.45, I was bleeding heavily and a lot. And I mm. was changing a lot and I was a bit like, oh. And it's new for me. Like, I've not had this before. I've not been through this. Mm. I was I was triggered from all my other previous endogyne related issues. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. How many and times have you changed the pad in this, at this uh, point? I think I changed three times. So Between like, seven and nine. Yeah. So, so between two hours, you yeah, changed three times. Yep. yep. Um, which I was like, my period is like two drops. I'm like, okay, we're done for the month. Yeah. So I knew something was really wrong. Yeah. Um, but then again, I was like, oh, I just, I don't know. Anyway, so I, my girlfriend was like, you need to go. Go mm. to King Eddie's, go. And I was like, okay. So I went to our women's health hospital, which is around the corner. Mm. Um, but I rung my mum to be like, which I'm so grateful I told my parents because old mate, you know, was an hour away with his dad in another hospital. I yeah. didn't want to stress him. So I rung him and said, look, things aren't good. I'm just going to get checked out. Yeah. And he was being, he said he felt he was being really weird around his mum. So he picked his mum up first to then take his mum to visit his dad in hospital. Yeah. And um, 
we, we, we had all these grand plans of like telling his parents together and making it a nice thing. But I yeah. just said to him, we shouldn't, you shouldn't be ashamed of all this. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. Just yeah. tell your mum. Yeah. So he told his mum, um, she was obviously elated at the thought and then, you know, really sad and on this journey and then yeah. his poor dad's woken up from theatre and yeah. he's got all excited what and a then all sad. Like, you know, it was just a time. Yeah. Anyway, so I called mum and mum said, like hell, you're driving yourself. So yeah. mum picked Fuck. me up and took me to ED. Yeah. They were wonderful there, like wonderful. I was the only person, I just seemed to have timed it very well. I was mm. the only person in ED, so I got the whole team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're like, oh, my God, you're in your scrubs. Like, how awful this always happens like, yeah. when you're at work. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I explained that it was my first time. And just now I'm going to, like, just tell you all a little bit because I didn't know this. They're like, so how, how far along are you? Mm. And I was like, well, two weeks because yeah. that's what my sticks say. Yeah. And then they were like, mm-hmm. okay, so when was the date of your last period? Yeah. And I was like, well, I worked out my withdrawal bleed off yeah. coming off the pill. And I said, oh, like the 26th of March or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And the midwife looked at me and she was like, so you're much further along yeah. than you think you are. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what do you mean? And so what I learned was I thought, Again, so if I think this, a lot of you will think this too yeah. if you not have children because this is my career. I thought that your days of um, – your weeks, your pregnancy weeks start from the day you fall pregnant, right? Yeah, like when the, when the egg gets fertilised. fertilised. Yeah. So I'm like, your gal is just over two weeks, right? Yeah. It's in my flow app. I've logged it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it actually – your dates start from the first day of your last bleed, Right. So I'm like, so for those 40 weeks, that actually baby isn't even in there for two of those weeks. Yeah. Just a thought process. Yeah. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Okay, sure. And then if you're not like 100% sure on your dates and stuff, when you go to scans, Mm. you know, at like the eight-week scan, they'll be able to measure the baby and see if your dates are a bit off. And then they can correct your dates from a scan. But if you're not at the scan stage, your dates go off the first day of your last period. Right. So then I put everything into my app and my app sure enough said, you are four weeks and six days. And I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden I got this wave of, shit, this feels more real now. Yeah. If you're telling me I'm almost five weeks. Yeah. Whoa, that's gnarly. Anyway, I went in. They were really good. They had obviously my notes from my last because when I got quite sick, I got transferred to that hospital. And they said, look, Jess, we would normally always offer an internal exam. We've read your notes. You have been through hell. Mm. We we don't have to do that. Let's yeah. just do a blood. Let's just do some urine testing. We've got other ways to and tell. And we can yep. tell. But I was like, I am here and I need to know if it's a yes or if it's a no. Yeah. So you do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. So we got the big duck beak speculum out. It was wonderful. There was a med student that wanted to learn, which I didn't want to him to because I am a bit triggered. But also I was like, you know, this is a hospital that's doing it well and doing their job well and people like him need to learn how to provide good care. So yeah. you know what? The nurse in me is telling you to just stand in here. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, go for it. So anyway, I had all of the things and then, you know, the the red, she comes in and she sits down next to me and I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's a pill care chat. chat. Yeah, here's the I'm close triggered. and tender, this tender is, chat. This, she's going to give me a cuddle now. Yeah. Like, she is me. Yeah. And she sat down next to my bed and I was like, here we go. Yeah, here she we was go. like, I'm really sorry, Jess, like you're having an active miscarriage. And I was like, okay, like, like I kind of knew. And yeah. I guess when you work all day with death and dying – you become very comfortable in that space. Yeah. It doesn't take away the hurt, 
but I am so pragmatic that I was like, okay. And mum's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. It was awful ringing old mate and telling yeah. him that it was sh- it was not a go ahead. He was so excited. He was so excited. He bought a fucking family product. I know. <laughs> anyway, I've got a very new expensive car. Yeah. That we for probably the family. Yes, for the family that we don't have. But Bundy is loving it. So yeah. that's all that matters. Nice big boot for him. Yeah. So that was awful. But anyway, I left and they said, you know, um, have you passed it yet? Have you noticed it? And I was like, whoa. Sorry? Sorry, what? This is this is like a massacre enough. Like, what yeah. do you mean? And they're like, oh, you need to look for a white bit of like like a kidney bean tissue. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. And that, my friends, that is where I'm like, we don't we need to talk about this. Yeah. Cause that was traumatic as fuck. They give you some high painkillers to deal yeah. with the cramping and the pain, and you just wait till you pass what would have been like you picture your life in ten months, but that's not happening, and now you wait to pass and flush it. Yeah. Like I get it; it's just a ball of cells at five weeks. I get it. Yeah. But like, I was like, "Whoa, this is weird," and I'm just laying on the couch waiting to pass it. Yeah. Awful. And like having to check. Oh. each time as yeah. well like and it got to the point I was too traumatized I was like oh, I can't keep doing this yeah and so I've had my bloods and everything repeated and my levels have come down to zero so I I'll tell you in a minute but I've had what you would call a complete miscarriage yeah um but yeah and I don't know a part of me is like again this is probably my trauma I'm kind of like I don't just get on with it Jess like you've not been trying for long you have so many friends that have gone through this so often mm. like you'll be fine and I, I am trying to like just push past it, not a worry, like your journey's only just started. We knew this was going to be hard. This would happen. But I, I kind of, I don't let myself feel upset about it, yeah. which I know is me and my issue. But it's important, like my, my good friend Naomi, she said to me, it doesn't matter what stage, what where you are, how far along, if it's your first, if it's your third you are still grieving the life of what you thought yeah. it would look like. And you can't – it's like when you go on a date with someone you like change your fucking last name in your yeah. head and you think about your whole life. You yeah. can't help but go from zero Exciting. to hero. Exciting, yeah. And so anyway, my other beautiful friend Taylor, she said you need to get yourself something to mark this moment mm. just to reflect on it. So anyway, I bought a really nice necklace which I will probably put on the podcast and share with you all. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. And, and she did the same thing um, just to just for yourself to mark what you've been through yeah. and um, acknowledge what could have been, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but now that's where I'm at. And I've been to the GP. I've just had some more bloods we're waiting for. And that's – I told you all how I was diagnosed with the hypothyroidism. That's how we found that. So that was – um, post miscarriage and I've just had those bloods repeated but I have since learnt that um, hypothyroidism and diabetes are the two number one autoimmune conditions linked with miscarriage mm. so I'm sure that definitely probably played something in this story yeah. plus endo plus baby body just not being ready it was too early plus also a lot of stress in a your life a lot of stress I've yeah. never been so stressed in my life with everything going on at the moment with yeah. work so yeah I think so and when I saw the GP, she said to me, and then I read in a book and then I heard on another um, podcast, but 50% of chroma, uh, 50% of miscarriages at this early stage, and mm-hmm. we call an early miscarriage less than 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. That's what we call early. But 50% of them are due to a chromosomal abnormality. Yeah. So I didn't know that. No. I had no idea. I thought it was my body failing. Yeah, sure. 
But to know that there's actually nothing I could have done, if this is like an ongoing chromosomal genetic condition, Mm. a a random, you know, we've thrown off a bit of a weird gene, we've done something and and my body knew that this life wasn't compatible. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to be quite grateful in that it's, got rid of it before I've had to make the hard decision yeah. to get rid of it. And sure. again, it's what I do every day. I get that. But for me, that gave me a lot of peace that I was like, right, well, there are a lot of conditions that I don't believe have quality. Mm-hmm. And if my body was getting rid of something because they are not compatible with life, yeah. they're not going to have the quality that I believe is to be important, yeah. then that's a good thing. Yeah. So, but how wild that your body does that. Amazing. Amazing. Like it's just this internal knowledge base of yeah. this isn't going to – it sounds barbaric, but it's like when animals have a baby um, that is failing, failing to thrive from birth or after birth. Yeah. They just ignore it. Yeah. Because they're like, it's not going to survive. It's not going it's to. It's very cutthroat, but like the – biology of your body being able to do that is so fascinating it is it is completely so that's that's my how I've tried to think of it Mm. is that you know it just wasn't meant to be and that's okay and very difficult if this continues to happen because like I'm saying like it is bloody traumatic and hats off to the women who have done this over and over and over again back to backs um but you it's called a recurrent miscarriage if you have three or more Mm. of these so you just kind of have to and I guess it's a really isolating time a lot of people might not have found out as early as I did Mm. and just thought that we're having like the most gnarly period from hell. So there's probably Mm. more miscarriage than we, we know there to be. Yeah. Um, so I would probably fall into that category. Yeah. So when I, I feel like everyone kind of has a story, um, of reproductive age, I guess. But when I was in my last relationship and when I switched over from my implanon to my marina, there was a time during that period, um, not an actual menstrual period, but time period, um, where I had a weird event. So I used to track my periods all the time. Um, I do less so now, but I still kind of log when my ovary hurts. Um, because of that fear of getting pregnant, um, I used to track them all the time, similarly using the Flow app. We're not sponsored, but <laughs> we should be. But you can. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want to, Flow. Um, so I was tracking it. And so I was pretty regular by that point um, in terms of an, an increase in period blood. Um, but there was a random time when I shouldn't have been on my period where I suddenly started bleeding during the night. Like, um, and similarly, like we've spoken about before, my periods were never really bloody. They're more of like a thick mucusy blood type of thing. And, um, I was bleeding. I bled through my pajamas into the bed and I was like, that's weird. And then it proceeded to do that for the rest of the day. And the cramping was really rhythmic. So it would be really, really bad. And then it would just be like a little bit bad. And then it would be really, really bad. And then just a little bit bad. And so I was just like, this is fucking weird. Um, So I just stayed in bed, heat pack, you know, all of that shit. Um, 
and it never occurred to me what it could have been. And so when I went to my GP uh, a few weeks later, just for a regular checkup, he, you know, he did the whole, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I was like, oh yeah, actually there is one weird thing that happened. And then I explained all my symptoms and timings and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Sean, it sounds like you've had a miscarriage. And I nearly fell off my chair. Mm. Like I, A, wasn't trying. B, that was like my biggest fear ever, which was getting pregnant. And then he just casually drops into conversation. Like, it really sounds like you've had a miscarriage. Yeah, no worries, doc. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that information? So I went home to my um, boyfriend at the time and I was like, you'll never guess what happened in my appointment today. Um, And I was like, he said that, you know, when I was like excruciating pain and like keeled over in the bed. Yeah, apparently that was a miscarriage. And he was like, whoa. And we just kind of got on with it. Like, whatever. But like, how weird. So weird. In time. But then similarly, in terms of like feeling like a fraud, I've never like I've never really acknowledged that as a miscarriage. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I didn't know I was pregnant. I wasn't trying to get pregnant. Yeah. And then I didn't really know what was happening at the time. Well, there's just it was only after the no fact. conversation around this. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's such a gap in mm. like. And like you said, every woman of reproductive age seems to have a story. Mm. And the more you talk about it, like all my girlfriends I've spoken to, oh, yeah, I've, I've had two. I've had three. Mm. Old mate said everyone at work, they'd be talking to the boys. Oh, yeah, we've had three. We've had four. We've had two. We've had this. Mm. Like it's so common. Mm. And I just, yeah, I, it's so common to the fact that it's 25% of early pregnancies. So one in, one, one in four. four. So one in four at my stage, so the yeah. five-week early mark, yeah. end in miscarriage. That's but no one tells you that. No. And then that's in that period of time like we spoke about before where you're not supposed to tell anybody. Yeah, I know. And then you just walk and around just trying walk to be normal. And you think you're pregnant. So like, oh, I'm, I'm not – like, you know, I did the whole I'm not drinking tonight, mm. you know, old mate's starting, uh, doing a marathon and I'm – like, you know, on nights. Yeah. But you're lying and then you're lying to yourself and I'm a terrible liar and then I feel sick because I'm lying and then mm. you just – it's just so weird. So weird. It's such a weird, such a weird time. time. And so, yeah, so an early miscarriage, I guess, is what we both had. Mm. And so that's in that 13-week uh, – less than 13-week period. Yeah. Um, and then after 20 weeks, if your baby doesn't survive, it's not called a miscarriage anymore. It's called a stillborn. Yeah. But that's, that's the crossover time is about that 20-week period. Yeah. And, you know, like when I looked, I was like, how common is it for, for my people my age? Like people mm. who are young, like mm. is there a difference? And I found so women between 20 and 29, the miscarriage rate's about 11%. Mm-hmm. But then women are having children older these yep. days, yep. like way older. So women who are now 40 to 45, 50%. They're called geriatrics, You're called geriatric after 35, babe. That's fucked. Yeah, I know. Geriatric pregnancy. 35. What the heck? You're almost there. Aye. Um, yeah, less but, of that. But yeah, so 50% of those end in miscarriage. So it does, you know, significantly increase. But yeah. it's, it's common at, at any stage. And I think a lot of people, the hardest thing, I think for me, I'm grateful that it happened quite early because mm-hmm. you your first scan normally happens at that seven, eight week mark. Mm-hmm. And there you're meant to see a heartbeat. Yeah. And I think my anxiety would be through the roof to get to that point. Yeah. 
And then for me, knowing that you're meant to see a heartbeat at that time yeah. and if there's not one, then that the grief thing. of that yeah. would just be huge again. And so many of my girlfriends mm. have been up at that point where you expect to see something. You expect it to be the best day of your life. Well, your partner in the movies, takes the day off, it's, you see the heartbeat. Yeah. But if you go and there's nothing like, yeah, it just... I think that's another, there's like another hurdle. You like, you get yourself prepped for something and then mm. it doesn't happen. And then, yeah. It's so a disappointment. I thought that we'd quickly, like I'd quickly go into the different types of miscarriage that there, there are. are different there's different There's so different, so many different types. So we'll just like quickly talk about that. Okay. But just, um, so 80% of the time, 80% of really early miscarriages like myself, you are able to pass it naturally. So mm-hmm. that's what we'd call like, I guess like a, complete natural miscarriage yeah um and then there's other ways that you can do it so you can either wait and let your body do it naturally so so say the seven eight week one you don't have a heartbeat yep. your body should naturally go okay this is incompatible now and get rid of it yeah but that might be two three weeks from that scan and right. a lot of women don't want to hold on to that no any longer i know for certain i wouldn't be like oh yeah i'll just wait at home for another three weeks yeah for this to maybe pass. Yeah. So at that point, your options are you either take a medication mm-hmm. or you have a DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can either take, um, uh, I think it's called Cytotec mm-hmm. is the drug, yeah. um, which its actual name is miso- misoprostol. And it um, causes a uterus to contract sure. to expel the pregnancy and the yep. tissue. Um, and that's pretty much, I think it's like 80, 90% effective, but some people do have to go on and have the DNC. Right, sure. Um, if you're any- Which is under general anaesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And if you're anything, it's under general anaesthetic here, but America sometimes do it under local, which Shut I find up. fucking insane. And so with the DNC, they actually go up there and suction your cervix and, you, and your uterus. So they suck out the fetal tissue. Fuck. So like put me fuck the fuck doing to that sleep. Under local. But it's not it's not a DNC to the point where they give you like lap keyholes. It's all just through your vagina. Right, so you okay. don't you don't wake up with any external um, reminders of what you've been through, but it all is done yep. um, transvaginally. But yeah, so so the That's pill hectic, you can take I know and you can go somewhere, you can take the pill, they can give you some pain relief and then they can still do the DNC because the pill before it will help soften sure. the cervix so it's easier to suck out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, I have a big problem or I think everyone's had a big problem because now we don't refer to it as that. But that misoprostol, misoprostol pill, the mm. drug that you take to soften your cervix to make mm-hmm. it contract. Mm-hmm. For years and years, that was called the abortion pill. Oh. For years and years and years. And there is no differing in, in the drug. Mm-hmm. But it really triggered a lot of women because they were told, oh, here's the abortion pill. And it's like, this is not an abortion pill. This is not an abortion. I, I wanted this baby. Yeah, yeah. I want this baby. You can't tell me I'm having an abortion. Like yeah. there is, there's no baby here anymore. This yeah. is something, this was a very wanted pregnancy. Yeah. So now they won't refer to it as that, or they shouldn't be. They shouldn't if someone be, yeah. does, tell them right off. Yeah. Um, Tell them right tell off. Tell them right off. Tell them right but, off. Yeah. Anyway, so hey, I'm giving you a telling right <laughs> off. <laughs> but so they're they're your options. So you yep. do it naturally. You can go home. You can wait. That's traumatic AF. Yeah. Um, or you can take a pill. Or you can go under. Yeah. Um. So luckily, my body kind of just did it naturally because the thought of waiting Mm-mm. is no n- not for me. Mm. Um. And I also learned. So then I'm like, so how do you all your dates and your period and like what happens after that and when you have a miscarriage? So 
for me, your dates now count. So my day of my miscarriage mm-hmm. is your day one of your bleed. So right, your cycle okay. kicks off from, from that date again. And then um, I spoke to the GP and to the emergency department and I mm-hmm. said, so when is a safe time to try again? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, like super nonchalant. So this is classifies as your first bleed. So after your next per- period, you should be trying. I'm like, okay, so like potentially in six weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, yep, yep. And JP's like, hop to it, doll. And I'm like, I'm going to need like a little bit more time. I think, yeah, I don't want to do this again. All of that to think that I could be here again. Yeah. In like 10 weeks time. Well, because didn't when you were in ED, because obviously I've been talking to you since really? then. <laughs> um, but you, I remember you saying something that the the team at the hospital were like, you have to have a certain amount of miscarriages on the on the board yeah to get an expedited yeah. appointment so with you the have fertility to have people about three so they were like if you have another one come back to us so they can like log it because miscarriages for a lot of women it's just self-reported yeah it's not like you don't have to go anywhere yeah if you have a complete one like myself you don't have to go anywhere you don't need to take the pill you don't need to have an admission mm. to have a dnc so it's all just on your own how you know your body and mm. your own like yes this is my first time it's my second time but you could say whatever really yeah like they, there's no way to prove it. No. So I could go in and say, yeah, I've had three. Because they asked me how many have I had. Yeah. So it is a very self-reported thing. But they asked if I had another one to come back and then they would try and expedite things. But I think it's more like, I think it's three for people with endo or whatever. Like, so just the thought of like, I've got to do this yeah. potentially again and again and again. And yeah. so many of my girlfriends have done it again and again. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's awful. Anyway, that's... That's a bit about all of that. But we're, we're just going to quickly go into the different types of miscarriage because there's so many um, and I definitely learned a lot. So I think that you guys probably will as well. Mm. So I had, like I've said, a complete. So the fetus, all the membranes are expelled completely and the cervix closes. Mm-hmm. And this all obviously happens before 20 weeks because after 20 weeks, it's a stillborn. Yeah. So an incomplete miscarriage would be if the bleeding has begun, your cervix is dilated, but the tissue from the pregnancy, the fetal tissue is still in the uterus. Mm-hmm. So that's what we would call a complete, an incomplete, sorry. And so then you would have to progress to probably having a DNC to sure. suck that bit of tissue out. Because if it stays in there, it, it can become necrotic, infected. Yeah, it gets septic, yeah. yeah. Um, a missed miscarriage. So a missed miscarriage or a silent miscarriage is when the embryo or the fetus died. So a bit like I spoke about maybe at that six, it died at six weeks, Mm -hmm. but you still have all the symptoms. You've had no bleeding. You're tracking along, still thinking you're pregnant. Your HCG levels are still up. So you're still testing positive on a test. So you go in for that, say, eight week scan, 10, 12 week scan, and the baby has stopped growing and died at some point along the way. Yeah. But you are unaware of that. Your body is. Your body doesn't know. Not showing So there's often no symptoms. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what we call a missed or a silent miscarriage. Um, A recurrent miscarriage we spoke about. So that's three or more consecutive miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And that is 2% of Australian women. Wow. Have recurrent miscarriage. So, yeah. So traumatic. It's awful. Um, And then we have two other types. So... We have an ectopic pregnancy, which I'm mm-hmm. sure lots of women probably know about. And they were worried about me 
having that and looking at my scans, they said that's the thing I need to pay closest attention to because that's what I'm higher risk for. Mm -hmm. Um, So an ectopic pregnancy is when the fertilized egg implants outside the womb. So normally in a fallopian tube. So 95% of them are in a tube. Yeah. Um, And as the fertilized egg then begins to grow because it's stuck in the tube, Mm -hmm. the tube can burst or it becomes severely damaged. Yeah. And so you get hectic internal bleeding um, and it it is considered a medical emergency and it can be life-threatening. Yeah, wow. an ectopic pregnancy, once it's there, it can't be moved to the womb. There's nothing they can do for an ectopic yeah. pregnancy. So they can't go in, pick it up and put it into your uterus. So that is a baby that unfortunately cannot be saved. Mm-hmm. And so that will end up being a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. But you just really need to pay close attention. I was having some more right-sided pain. So I was a bit worried. Um, and then I was bleeding obviously a lot, which I've also learned that if you're changing your pad, just as an FYI, if you're changing your pad every 30 minutes, um, and it's like, you know, like a, a proper... Like it's full. Like a heavy duty pad, not like yeah. a liner. But if you're changing a proper pad every 30 minutes, at that point they would classify that as a hemorrhage mm-hmm. um, and you're to present to ED. So yeah. just for anyone out there, if you're worried or just that's a fun fact, that yeah. just put yourself first um, because you may or may not need a blood transfusion. You don't, you know. Far out. Um, so and that's, that's regardless of miscarriage? So, oh, this is just for a miscarriage. Just for, oh, okay. Cool. I guess if you have really heavy flow and you're changing every half an hour, I don't know how you just live. Yeah. Hats off to you. But maybe go see someone there. to but see if there should, is something. You should probably take transamic acid, actually. Yeah, is yes, what you should take. Probably. Mim- but Mim- Mimum took that. Go to your GP but Go to your GP. About don't it. just take it. You can't actually get it without a scoop. So. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I want to just mention is a molar pregnancy. What is that? Now, I had no idea about a molar pregnancy. I've never heard of it before. No. So there's like a um, complete molar or a partial molar, a molar being M-O-L-A-R. Like your tooth. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Sure. Um, so a molar pregnancy occurs when the placenta doesn't develop normally. Okay. So instead like a tumor forms in the uterus and causes the placenta to become like a massive, it's just a massive like fluid filled sacs and cysts kind of oh. thing. So not an effective placenta. Mm-hmm. And so it's about one in every 1,000 pregnancies. So like not overly uncommon yeah um but that that one in every a thousand would be a molar pregnancy and this kind of pregnancy obviously doesn't last because the placenta can't produce the nutrients for a baby to grow yeah um so a complete molar pregnancy happens when there's only this weird placenta tissue growing in the womb but no sign of a fetus right and then in a partial molar there's placenta tissue, some fetal tissue, but the fetus is incomplete and would never be a human. Yeah, it's just like, like never turn into a baby. So some cells, bunch of cells, but yeah. replicating but not yeah. binding together. But sometimes you have like increased because of the swelling and the cysts and the fluid. You do get that bump. pregnancy little bump, and you think mm. everything's tracking along, and then it's actually not. Um, uh, which it's not I, a fetus. I, I read which really. I'd probably be like these women. But I read a lot of women saying they feel like a frog because, like, well, it wasn't even a real baby. Right, yeah. But all the obstetricians and like are saying like, no, no, you still fell pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just incompatible with life. It is still a pregnancy. Right. It is just not – it would never have survived. Yeah. But people be like, I can't even make a baby. Well, that was just a one in 1,000 and it yeah. was still the process was right. Yeah. Just something went wrong in the DNA and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway – that's all of the different types. Wow. I didn't even know there were different types. I know. I know. Like, I just think there's a lot of stuff that, like, you know, about fertility and being 
women and societal pressure to be pregnant, fall pregnant. It's super easy. It's super enjoyable. It's a wonderful experience. But that seems to be a very small minority of experiences. Yeah. Like it's it's heartbreaking that women feel that they have to go through it by themselves or in secret. Um, And I hope that us doing this episode just allows you to talk about it. Yeah, Yeah. the conversation to open up. Because like even when you go to work pregnant, like I was at work, but I wasn't feeling great, but then the bleeding was going on, but you don't just talk about it openly and freely. And I work in a pediatric space. Yeah. Like, and it still didn't feel... All caring professionals. Yeah, it still didn't feel... It felt weird to yeah. talk about it. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like we said earlier, everyone I've spoken to has a story or knows someone very close to them with a story. Mm. And I just think like, I don't know, cervix, uterus holders, owners, we go through so much and so mm. much of it's internal and you're just expected to plod along. Yeah. And then I'm like, hang on, like I'm actually expelling a fetus while at work. This is cool. Yeah. And the trauma is insane. Yeah. And like having to go through it for the beautiful women out there who are going through this over and over again to get your hopes up, to get your hopes down, mm. to get your hopes up, to, you know, have a DNC, ha- like watch the trauma of it. Like I just. The grief's insane. It's huge. And also for the partner as well. So like old mate was, you know, also this is a new environment for him. Yeah. Like for you, when you, when we were talking, you you were very much of the like, I knew it wouldn't be this easy. I know what my body's like. I knew this would be difficult Mm. because that's been your life and your experience up until this point. Whereas old mates come in fresh as a daisy and is like, he's in his picture being like, Oh yeah, it's you've got endo, but you know everyone he knows gets pregnant and they're having babies, and so why would we be no different? And that would be a huge hard pill to swallow. Yeah, of that change of reality. Yeah, massive. Yeah. And I feel awful for him. Like, and it's sad watching me go through this and yeah. grieving what he he flashed his life ten months ahead too. Yeah. And like you know, his brother has kids, and he was excited for that <gasps> to happen together. Oh god. He's home. We're nearly finished. Hello. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, you know, it's um it's a rough ride and I think that as a unit, we need to connect and hold space and respect the journey for yeah. everyone. Yeah, and like we said, we hope this episode opens up the conversation. It wasn't too full on in terms of the ins and outs of everything scientific, but it's just it's just more of a chat to say you're not alone. People in your life, please remind them that they're not alone either. Mm. And if you can be a good friend or support person during that time for someone, it is very appreciated. And looking back now, I am very glad that I did open up to those closest to me so I did have the support there when I yeah, needed it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Always here for you, doll. Thanks, sister. No worries. Lucky I bloody told you. I'd be a hot mess, wouldn't I? Yeah. Fucking hell. Well, just quickly before we say sayonara, um, one of the conversations that we had before your miscarriage um, was how old mate could smell a difference on you. Oh, my God, I can't. He's, he's probably here listening to yeah, this. Yeah, because he just came in. Oh, no. he Yeah, he was like the day he was after. Convinced. He was like, you're pregnant. 
I was like, what? He's like, your hair smells different. You smell different. And he was saying it the whole time. And I was like, nah. And then just never took a test. And then he was like, yeah. so Sarah tells you to. And now, <laughs> and now you, do. you do. And anyway, so he knew. Yeah. He knew. And he, so was, he was convinced it was a boy. But anyway. Anyway. We will never know. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll wait for the next one. Yeah, bloody hell. I know. We couldn't agree on a boy's name, so it's probably blessing really yeah blessing in disguise Bloody you had the uh baby app tinder yeah baby name tinder it's called kinder everybody highly recommend you and your partner get it kinder and X. you just literally just swipe through names, names. and we didn't have any matches any matching <laughs> solid effort everybody yeah great solid. really good Anyway, anyway, do I don't have any, have any questions no, for you. I don't have any questions no. either. It's hard because Sean and I talk twenty four seven. So we've been on this ride together these last few weeks, and we probably said in episode one or episode two there were some things we were going to talk about. We just weren't quite ready to talk about yeah. them yet. Um, but so Sean and I have asked each other a hundred million questions and talk all the time. But if there's something that you feel we haven't covered, well, yeah, and you have a question, and you have a question for us, please let us know because yeah. we, like we said, this poll platform is for us to share and be open and educate you guys and so if there's something we haven't covered that you'd like us to cover please let us know and we'll do our best to do that but anyway do you have a quote for me uh yes i do uh my quote is from maya angelo and it is you will face many defeats in life but never let yourself be defeated very nice and mine is trust trust the journey even when you don't even understand it that is a beautiful one and also very short for you. Very short. Who short are you? Short and sharp. I oh, know. Who is Short and sharp. Oh, my goodness. So sorry, everyone. I could probably do better next week. <laughs> but literally, just trust it. One of my girlfriends last night said, look, the universe does weird things for weird reasons. So mm. trust it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just yep. going to ride that wave. Trust and we're just going to ride the wave. Yeah. But on that note, we hope you have a fabulous, fabulous week. week. Take care. Bye.